Hi, this is Christian Kurt of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back once again to my sermon podcast. It's good to be back with you as we end our current sermon series called Faith in Faith on Stage, rather, and I will talk more about that in a moment. But let's take a look at the passage that we're going to reflect on today. We're going to be reading from the book of Psalms. Feels like it's been a while since we've preached on Psalms, and so this is going to be uh, Psalm 27. So hear these words. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. May God's blessing be on the reading, hearing, and living out of this word. For those of you you who are in Chicago, you may have seen this item in the news a few weeks ago, and maybe even if you don't live in Chicago, you saw this news too. Uh, It probably caused, if you did see it, it caused anyone with even a small semblance of the fear of heights to panic a bit. The headline, or one headline anyway that I saw, says it all, Willis Tower Skydeck Ledge Cracks Under Visitors' Feet. Just typing this headline made my pulse race a bit. If any of you have been to the Sky Deck in the Willis Tower, or for native Chicagoans, still call it Sears Tower, you know what that experience is like. 103 stories high as you look out across the city and you step out on this plexiglass, um, I don't know what to call it, a, a ramp, a step, I guess. You step out of the tower and you look straight down and you're looking down in the like nothing is below you. Now, the Willis Tower officials said that no one was in real danger as the protective layer did what it was supposed to do. But still, I don't know why this is. But the older I get, the more afraid I am of heights. I cannot imagine us standing there and then just feeling the crack take place. We went to a friend's condo uh, on the 40th floor of a high rise a couple of weeks ago, and they had this amazing view of the lake. So we went out on their deck and 
Still, I was a little apprehensive before stepping out. I had to take a deep breath, tell myself it's going to be okay. We all have our fears, of course, and we all have our ways of facing our fears. It takes courage. Now, there are no shortage of articles out there to offer help in increasing one's courage. There's a website called lifehack.org. It has an article offering seven effective ways to boost your courage. Inc.com goes one better and says we have eight tips to boost your courage. And wikihow.com wins the prize with an article called, quote, How to Have Courage, colon, 15 Steps with Pictures, unquote, with pictures even. In these days of fear and uncertainty, courage is something we could all use more of. Well, as I noted earlier, we're finishing up our sermon series called Faith on Stage as we've looked at different aspects of our faith viewed through the lens of scripture, but also the arts, specifically musicals. And today we look at courage by focusing on Psalm 27 and also two musicals based on the Wizard of Oz story, The Wiz and Wicked. Now, the overview of The Wiz, I read on one summary online, pretty much for those of you who know the story of Wizard of Oz, you know how it goes. And The Wiz, for the most part, follows that. Dorothy, Kansas farm girl, eager to see the world, transported by a tornado to a magical world of munchkins and witches in the yellow brick road. On her way to the Emerald City to meet the Wizard of Oz, who she believes can help her to get back home to Kansas. She encounters the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion, friends who help her battle the Wicked Witch of the West, and eventually learn that there is really no place like home. Now, Wicked, a more modern musical, I guess both The Wiz and The Wicked are a little bit more modern, but Wicked has a twist here. It's a reimagining on The Wizard of Oz. It focuses on some of the untold stories of Oz, and the most famous or infamous characters, they focus particularly on the Wicked Witch of the West, named Elphaba, and her unlikely friend, Glinda the Good Witch. It shows both Elphaba and Glinda from birth to college and through the life-changing events, especially for Elphaba, these events which eventually have others label her as wicked, though as we see in watching this musical, that's an unfair label. And it also introduces us to the kind of spoiled rich girl Glinda and also some other characters like Fiero and even the Wizard of Oz himself, who is a troubled man, kind of unlike the one that we may remember. Elpha becomes a passionate political activist, fights injustice, seeks to undo the mistakes of the past, and this whole musical Wicked pays homage to the classic Wizard of Oz story while also changing the viewers of it, understanding of it forever. So we see courage exemplified in a couple of different places in these musicals. In The Wiz, of course, when you know the familiar story of The Wizard of Oz, there's the lion who is in need of courage in The Wiz, and he joins Dorothy and the Tin Man and the Scarecrow as they make their way down the yellow brick road. Now, in the Wiz, they face a new danger. They are attacked by half-tiger, half-bear creatures that are called Kalidas. After a great fight between our crew and these creatures, and our friends escape 
and they stop by the road to rest, the lion is embarrassed by his cowardice in the battle. And in the midst of this embarrassment, Dorothy comes up to him and gives him comfort. She sings to him. The song is Be a Lion. Some of the lines from this song say it well. She sings, If on courage you must call, then just keep on trying and trying and trying. You're a lion. In your own way, be a lion. There are two lines from this song that I like. One is the continued emphasis for Dorothy to sing, keep on trying and trying and trying, as if to say courage takes practice. Brene Brown, who's become a very popular uh, author and uh, scholar in areas like vulnerability and shame, and she talks about courage quite a bit, too. I was reading one comment Uh, that she made recently about courage and talking about practicing courage. She writes, courage is a habit of virtue. You get it by courageous acts. It's like you learn to swim by swimming. You learn to courage by couraging. I also like the phrase in the song, you're a lion in your own way, be a lion. Sometimes when we think of courage, we assume we must be courageous like someone else is courageous. We hear heroic stories of a courageous person doing courage in a particular way, and we assume that, well, that's how we should live out our own courage. But we are called to be lions, to be courageous, as the whiz tells us, in our own ways. Courage takes all kinds, shapes, sizes. How are we courageous? We are courageous in the ways perhaps that God has gifted us to be courageous. Now, in Wicked, one way that it looks at courage, one of the key transitions in the musical is when Alphaba, I mentioned her earlier, realizes that the wizard is the one behind a nefarious plot to suppress the animals and limit their ability to speak and think. Alphaba realizes that the wizard really has no powers and he's merely a fraud, so she runs away. And to prevent the truth from getting out, there's a woman named Madame Morrible who spreads reports that Elphaba is a, quote, wicked witch. This leads to Elphaba's decision to go against the powers that be. She sings about all of this in Defying Gravity, one of the most popular songs from the musical. She's saying, something has changed within me. Something is not the same. I'm through playing by the rules of someone else's game. Too late for second guessing. Too late to go back to sleep. It's time to close my eyes and leap. To resist, to go against those who oppose you takes courage and often can only come from the one, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, who have a sense of faith in God, can only come from the one who changes something within us, the one who enables us to close our eyes and leap. And perhaps that's what the psalmist is looking for in our own passage today. The psalmist knows that that kind of courage can only come from God. I love the Psalms. If I were ever forced to read just one book of the Bible for the rest of my life, I think Psalms would be it. One reason I love them is because they show the whole range of human emotions, unvarnished, without filters. Today's psalm is no exception. Some scholars believe that this is really 
kind of a, a, a mashup or a combination of two separate psalms because they have such different points of emphases. I don't know if you picked up on this. The first six verses are really a song of praise. And then there's an abrupt transition at verse 7 to a psalm of lament. I'm not enough of a scholar to give literary criticism here, but I don't think it's out of character for any of us to turn on an emotional dime. How many times in our lives have things seemingly gone so well and we are full of praise and confidence in God? We, like the psalmist, can sing out as the psalmist does, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? But then a crisis strikes or an unexpected turn for the worst confronts us and we're plunged into lament, wondering why God has seemingly left us. The psalmist also says in this same psalm, Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. So what do we do when our lives go back and forth like this? When we can't tell the difference between up and down, when we wonder if God is really for us or whether God has abandoned us? These are the moments that truly test our courage. And perhaps this is why the psalmist ends his psalm in this way. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. It's a scholar named Dr. Phil Meyer, Paul, sorry, Dr. Paul Meyer of the Wabash Teaching Wabash Center for Teaching and Learning Theology. And he reads this, or he writes this, the beauty of finding out where we lack confidence or what is the cause of our own fears is that we may then discover how to face them or navigate a way through them. The spiritual writer Madeline Lengel, in reflecting on confidence, wrote, it's a good thing to have all the props pulled out from us occasionally. It gives us some sense of what is rock under our feet and what is sand. So often it seems that rock is more common than sand under our feet. However, a capacity to discern the difference or even courage to place one foot down and sense the stone can be overcome by the fear that what we will touch is only sand or worse, quicksand. What he's writing here, I think, is sometimes we don't know what to do. Do we praise or do we lament? Are things going great or are they going horribly? Sometimes in those low moments, taking that step, having the courage to take that step out to see, is it rock or is it sand? Just taking that step can take all the courage that we can muster because we don't know what will be there underneath us. And that's what I think both the psalmist and these musicals can teach us. We can only do it by actually doing it, by practicing courage, by being who we were created to be, by not following some other act of courage, but by summoning with God's help, summoning that courage within us. Something we pray changes within us like an alphabet, something changes within us so that we are able to take that step of courage and then do it over and over and over to keep on trying and trying and trying like that lion. That fear that we have, that fear that we to step out is very real, which is why in those moments we must practice courage authentically to ask God to change something within us so that we have the courage to leap. I'm sure you in your own life have 
called upon good illustrations of courage. And as I just noted, we have to be courageous in the way that makes sense for us. But I think it also helps sometimes to see ways, different ways that people are courageous. I've been doing a lot of reading uh, lately of our country's awful history, our country's original sin of racism and slavery, reading about that, reading about all the decades that followed slavery, the Reconstruction era, our civil rights era, and thinking about all of these moments of history in our country. I thought about one of those moments where things perhaps shifted just a little bit. It's the story of Ruby Bridges, whom you may know. I was rereading an article from a couple of years ago that was written by Peter Marty, who is the publisher of the Christian Century. And he wrote that he wrote this in 2017, that 56 years have passed since six-year-old Ruby Bridges walked into an elementary school in New Orleans. Ruby, of course, is African-American, and all the other students were white. She walked into that school surrounded by federal Marshals, it signaled a major development in desegregation. Before her first day of first grade had ended, parents had emptied the school of white children in a massive boycott. Ruby learned alone that year, taught by one teacher who was willing to remain. As she walked up to the school, there are huge crowds of protesters gathered daily outside the school, shouting slurs, death threats. Throngs of angry white people waving Confederate flags, and some even shoved before Ruby an open child's casket with a black doll inside. Expressions of public hatred remind us how unrestrained fear, Peter Marty writes, can quickly spiral into mob mentality. There's a psychiatrist named Robert Coles who was studying children in the desegregating South in the 60s, and he took a personal interest in Ruby. She had this amazing display of strength and bright cheer even in the midst of this daily hell. So he wanted to meet with her, this amazing courage that she showed. So one day, Ruby's teacher told Dr. Coles that she noticed that Ruby was moving her lips as she was walking into school. And so he asked her, who are you talking to? And she responded, I was talking to God and praying for the people in the street." And so he asked her, why were you doing that? And she said, well, I wanted to pray for him. And she said, don't you think they need praying for? And he said, well, yes, but he wanted to learn more. He said, where did you learn this? And she said, from my mommy and daddy, from the minister at church. I pray every morning when I come to school and every afternoon when I got home. Dr. Coles continued, but Ruby, these people are so mean to you. You must have some other feelings besides just wanting to pray for them. And she said, no, I just keep praying for them. Hope that God will be good to them. I always pray the same thing. Please, dear God, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. So many things to take. So many things to take from this. Now, on the one hand, I think sometimes for those of us who are white, we really, really like stories like this. The brave hero standing up When we think of racists, these are the individuals that we envision and see. And so we don't do the work that we need to do on our own racism, whether it's evident or not. 
And so I want us to be careful a little bit. And certainly I want us to be inspired by this, but I also want us to think carefully about our own lives too, to make sure we're continuing to do the work and the own racist thoughts that we might have, whether we admit them or not. So I also, though, of course, want us to focus on little Ruby. And the one comment that she said, I think, helps us to think about the courage that we have to face, particularly in moments when we feel like God has left us. And she said that when she walks, when she walked among all of these people, she said two things. First, I was talking to God and I was praying for the people in the street. I was talking to God and I was praying for the people in the street. You know, sometimes when we think about what do we do to have that kind of courage, and we can read the articles that say, here's seven steps, here are eight steps, here's 15 steps on how to increase your courage, with pictures even. And those are fine articles, nothing wrong with them at all. But I think we have to glean from all of these sources that we talk about today, and it comes down, I think sometimes, to I talk to God, like the psalmist is talking to God on moments of real joy and praise and in moments of real lament, wondering, God, where are you in the midst of me being surrounded by my enemies, by those who are against me? What can we do? Well, we get a lot of lessons, and perhaps one of these lessons you can pick from, whether it's a musical, whether we just need to keep practicing courage, whether we need to think about what does courage look like for me, Some of us may think, I could never do what Ruby Coles did, but what can you do? What is authentically you in your way of being courageous? Maybe you need to realize something needs to change within me, and I just close my eyes and leap out. Or maybe, as the psalmist says, I have to wait for the Lord. I believe that the goodness of the Lord will be there. I have to wait for the Lord and let my heart take courage. And sometimes when we think about having that kind of courage, we step out onto the ledge. And even if that ledge is cracked just a bit, still we believe that the God who gives us a kind of courage that is beyond our comprehension and understanding, we trust that that God will be with us. And we step out and trust and wait and believe that something will change within us when we do. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening once again to this podcast, a new sermon series uh, next week called Flux. We're talking about what happens when we have change and transitions in our lives. So I'm looking forward to that. So until the next time, friends, you can always reach out to me via email, christian at urbanvillagechurch.org. You can find out more about me and my ministry and my other podcast at my website, christiancoon.com. And so, friends, until the next time, may the peace of Christ be with you. Be thou